Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial Season 2, Episode 5. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. So before we get to the show today, we are going to start with a couple of updates from last week, including everybody's favorite new game here on Millennial Season 2. Guess who's drinking? The answer, well, first of all, the poll results. Uh, Matt, you had the majority of voters yeah that's bullshit yeah it was like it was like 84 percent or something it was very high higher than the last time we did this uh the majority thought it was you so 85 people thought it was you 30 people thought it was elisa 12 people thought it was micah which is strange <laughs> and he's then, a silent drinker and then six for laura and then not a single vote for me and the hell? The listeners were correct. It was Matt. What do you think gave it away, Matt? Uh, myself, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you I don't know. I was, I, I was, I was pretty. I was a little honest as as the episode started going. Like I started hearing, I because I listened to it and I heard myself getting a little more honest than I should have been on certain things. Yeah, that's okay though. <laughs> I think it was the fact that when we outroed, you called yourself Matthew. That was yeah, someone tell. said that. It is my name. I don't understand how like that was a dead giveaway. But you never say Matthew. You never say I'm Matthew. And then, Laura, we had the fake headline game as well. We did. We did the fake hidden from the headlines game. And just to refresh your memories, um, the stories were the Japanese vagina kayak artist, the open air urinal in San Francisco, and PETA's hashtag Instamurder campaign. Can you guys remind me which stories you thought were the fake ones? I think Laura... Uh, I'm stuck. Uh, I'm the one drinking this episode. Um, <laughs> Elisa and I both thought it was Elisa's. It, uh, the, the, the San Francisco. Francisco. And I thought it was the kayak one. Yeah. The kayak one. Okay. Well, in the Facebook group, um, four people thought it was the kayak one. 21 people thought it was the urinal one. And 32 people thought it was the Insta murder campaign. I hate to say it, guys, but I think our listeners are a lot smarter than you because it was the Insta murder campaign that was the fake story. Oh wow! Wait, what? Rose, which one was this? The Peta's Insta murder campaign. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, that was the fake one. The other two were completely real. And and how many people thought it was Micah? <laughs> <laughs> Micah was the fake story. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun, Laura. Thanks for organizing that last week thanks for making us stupid yeah really (laughs) thanks for playing although i will say there could you know some people might have cheated that might explain it oh i mean i'm why would people cheat i that's not right because people judge on the internet you need to be right this is the uh week leading up to valentine's day and later in the show we have a fun new game for the first time the better question mark halves of Matt, Elisa, and myself will be coming on the show to play a spin on the newlywed game. Uh, we asked Laura's vibrator <laughs> to come on the show today, uh, but he declined. So unfortunately, he's uh, he, he's booked up. He's yeah. he's pretty busy. He's booked uh, up he's, this weekend. Buried in shit right now. What's your vibrator's name, or what's one of their names? Um, 
Elisa. I don't. <laughs> you don't. You really don't name your vibrators. No, I'm not gonna fucking personify that thing. But, I'm not gonna personify anything that I put batteries in. But that is a thing that people do. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I do. What 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 are the names of yours, Elisa? Thomas. Well, well my very first one was Stephen after Stephen Colbert. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's that's adorable. So that newlywed game will be coming up. But what what Valentine's Day plans do y'all have? We know Laura's. <laughs> Elisa, are um, you doing anything with Julian? With my vibrator? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm actually... No, me and Julian and I are going to see Deadpool. <laughs> oh, good. That's... And you and everybody in our Facebook group. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. But yeah, yeah. that's what I... That's what I wanted to do. I mean, apparently we have dinner reservations um, Saturday night, too. But I'm more excited about Deadpool. <laughs> Matt? Um, I mean, my boyfriend's actually leaving on Valentine's Day to visit his brother, and so I won't... Or he's cheating on me. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> so um, no plans on, <laughs> on Valentine's Day, per se, but we actually might go see uh, Deadpool this weekend. That's nice. What about you, Andrew? We're actually going to San Francisco, because he's never been, and... Um, San Francisco's nice, and a couple other friends will be up there at the same time, actually. So hey, at least you now you know where to go. Uh, yeah, yeah, now you got a urinal to visit. Check out a urinal. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. I'll definitely do that. Um, so, yeah, that'll be fun. And we're, we're seeing Deadpool Thursday, too. We actually polled the millennial listeners in our Facebook group what they are doing for Valentine's Day this weekend. Got a lot of um, Got a lot of responses. I was actually really surprised. It was really fun reading all of them. Uh, but a lot of people said that they're going to see Deadpool as well. This is the new Marvel movie. It's by Fox. It's not Disney's Marvel. It's Fox's Marvel. Mm-hmm. And the reviews look really good. It stars Ryan Reynolds. And it looks really funny and really dirty. It's an R-rated superhero movie, which doesn't happen very often at all. Yeah, this is um, this was this was big, especially for fans. That's why they're so excited, because... Um, years ago, there was a leaked video of like a concept of of Deadpool the movie. They weren't really going to make it; it was scrapped. But people, the response on the internet and the fans was just so so profound that yeah. they actually Fox actually decided to make the movie because everyone wanted to make it or wanted it made so badly. Yeah, all because See? of that stupid leaked footage. Your vote does matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and by the way, Fox needs another hit that's not titled X-Men because they released Fantastic Four last year and it bombed big time. And mm-hmm. the only success they've had was with, uh, has been with the X-Men movies. A new one comes out this year as well. So so Deadpool will almost certainly be their new hit. There's, there's also a report on Tuesday that said Deadpool 2 was already in the works, which isn't a surprise because every millennial listener is seeing it. Plus a billion other people. So, so yeah, a lot of people doing that this weekend. We got some other uh, responses here I thought we'd read through. <clears throat> Molly says, I have this thing I do for Valentine's Day because I used to get really depressed during it. I've become with okay. I've been okay with it and we'll go out with friends and stuff. But I have taught myself to treat it as a self-love day. I light some scented candles, draw a nice bubble bath. I make sure to shave and do all my upkeep first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then make sure this shower is a nice treat. So people, you know, Laura, I maybe you could do this since you're single as fuck. This could be a good, good, uh, 
when when did being single become something to be sad about on Valentine's Day? Well, I don't like under I don't understand thing. this trend. I, I've been single some Valentine's days, and I I didn't like it at all. Oh, I don't give a fuck. It's never <laughs> yeah, bothered me. Yeah, it's it's never bothered me. I I think I think Valentine's Day is stupid in general. It is. It's totally like a holiday for the candy companies the hallmark holiday <laughs> yeah speaking of yeah. that samia says does buying the half price chocolates on monday for myself count as valentine's day plans that's yes. loving yourself <laughs> somebody like jess is keeping it uh simple my husband and i are both working all day so we'll probably fall through the door collapse on the sofa and watch parks and rec all night with a giant bag of cadbury's mini eggs uh, who says romance is dead what a tart yeah so lots of lots of good uh ideas in here if you're looking for something to do like seriously we got like 75 so thanks to everybody who contributed to that did you all tune into the super bowl this weekend past weekend no. yes yes it was it was um laura i think you or sorry elisa i think you're the biggest football fan here is that true yeah oh boy, I, yes. I think it's fair to say who well, are you rooting for I was rooting for the Broncos just because I wanted to see Peyton Manning go out with a bang, and he did. Um, I don't know I didn't what have, any I... of those names were. <laughs> There's only one name, I think, but okay. The Broncos. Um, in any case, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, though. I watched the first half, and I stayed for, of course, the halftime show, and then I kind of pieced out because I knew where it was going. Yeah. That was yeah. it. What did you guys think the halftime show that has gotten so much press, both good and bad? Did you guys see it? Yeah. Well, first yeah. of all, um, a Beyonce kind of stole the show. She did leading up to it, and then she did during it, especially because she announced a new tour at the end of it. <laughs> and she released a new no. song the day before. So, yeah, I actually really liked it. It kind of reminded me, we were talking about Grease Live last week. It reminded me of Grease Live, uh, the back and forth part where Beyonce and Bruno were bouncing off each other um, before they all merged into one performance. I thought it was really good. It was a nice tribute to past Super Bowls. They paid tribute to people who have died, too, including Whitney and uh, Clarence Clemens from Bruce's band and uh, Michael Jackson. So yeah. it was it was really nice. It was touching. Mm, it was okay. Okay. My, uh, right. I was just kidding. That was my reaction to you talking about Greece last week. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> no, I, I loved it. I, it really, I think it really got, I get around the end, I really started to fully enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Beyonce, in my opinion, has the best Super Bowl halftime show. Next is Bruce Springsteen. But Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a great combination. I loved Bruno Mars's performance. I loved Beyonce and Bruno together. I thought it was really funny. I want to, I want to say that all, all the all the attention though, of course, is going to Beyonce and and her new video and the new song and the controversy. Yeah, and uh, and the controversy apparently that you know how dare an artist speak out on anything of substance? Yeah, uh, because of course the video is very heavily laden with um you know with themes of of being black and being part of the black community. Yeah, it has like uh is the new like the New Orleans New theme. Orleans um, she's on a pop car you know the Black Lives Matter they and and her was, uh, her dancers were dressed up in like Black Panther uniforms right and I just want to say that I think. Rudy Giuliani came out and said something egregiously stupid about how it was awful. It was outrageous of Beyonce to use the Super Bowl as a platform to attack police officers. 
I just, I just want to ask how it is that he thinks she did that. I don't see how you can watch that and think, yeah, you know, bitch hates cops. Like where did, I don't know who yeah. watched that halftime show and then took that away from it. I don't, I don't understand. I don't think it was just the halftime show. I think it was the music video. Maybe that he, what was he, that's what he was responding to. I, unfortunately, I've seen other people share a similar message who are social justice warriors and I can see how they interpreted it that way. I don't think she meant to take it as far as people think she did. I don't think she was saying fuck the police. I mean, even if she did, let, let her fucking do it. Well, I don't, no, because, I don't like, think that's a good example for her to set, to say fuck the police exactly. She, 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 no, she she's has, not saying fuck the police, but it was very, like, the whole show was very, uh, like, civil rights forward. Uh, but I think that, like, this is definitely the most political that she has ever been uh beyonce this song formation um but to say that she hates cops like how it's anti-cop i think that what is reading into a little too much i feel like the overall message behind this isn't fuck the police the message is stop shooting us yeah that's mm-hmm. not saying fuck the police that's yeah. not being disrespectful of police it's just saying stop abusing my community well, I think I I'm sorry. I agree with that. And I also think the video was not even just about that. If you watch the if you watch her music video, there's a lot else to it. It's just mm-hmm. about the black experience in general. And that was part of it. And it is a part of it. Secondly, you can't conflate what she does in a music video with what she did at the Super Bowl and then criticize her for the Super Bowl. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you so Rudy Giuliani and a lot of other people are upset with what she did at the Super Bowl, but all she did there was dress up in, you know, an outfit and sing her song. She didn't bring a cop car and set it on fire. You can't you can't conflate the video and her performance. There's there were two separate things. Also, she criticizing an institution like the justice system is not nearly the same thing as saying, you know, fuck all police officers. They're it's just not. Yeah. And have you guys I, heard the song? It's pretty fucking great. I was I was very offended when she sang about getting fucked good and getting taken taking when he her when man's he fucked ass good, to I Red take Lobster. His ass to the lobster I was I thinking, who the hell takes their man to Red Lobster after good sex? That's outrageous. Yeah, go to Sizzler. <laughs> right. Uh, that line has definitely sparked a a, oh, a, a, a big uh, conversation about around Red Lobster. I want that shirt. Beyonce has a way of uh, making people talk about things, <laughs> politics aside, that you never would have expected, like Red Lobster. So good on her. Anyway, that was the Super Bowl. Like Matt mentioned, uh, Lady Gaga. She sounded great. The theatrics were a little too much. She didn't need to pound her chest. And I don't know. It was, it was a little over the top for me. But yes, vocals were good. And All right, Mr. Giuliani. Here well, comes Lady Gaga's let's, next album. But let's, let's be real. Right after she finished, they sent a bunch of fighter jets flying overhead. Yeah, I, think, I think it was going to be Those over the top. Air money. They always regardless. send the fighter jets through. That's, don't that's... you think it's kind of silly, though, that we've started where or not started but that we've been wearing our patriotism on our sleeve like this that we have to sing the national anthem before a sports event i guess so i think it's ridiculous what gaga was wearing it was look it looked like she had to go to the hunger games after the super bowl (laughs) oh yeah there's did you guys see that meme (laughs) i did i think everyone did i think everyone did so let's move on to news now we're going to talk about the new hampshire primary or 
why we shouldn't care about the New Hampshire primary. <laughs> and be, be, oh. we had a, a, a little bit of a chat about this. I, w- I was thinking we should talk about it. And uh, Elise and Laura were saying, well, it doesn't matter. And then we thought we should have a discussion about why it doesn't matter. But the chat was also kind of for nothing because uh, the media is already calling the results. Yeah. They're, They're already-, already saying that Sanders and Trump have won New Hampshire. <laughs> and it, and it's 8 p.m. Eastern right now. <laughs> so so but it's a- see, <laughs> this is a perfect example of why it doesn't matter. Okay, tell tell us why. I, I'm genuinely curious because I thought this was a big deal. It's a big deal because it's the first state to have its primary. So everybody looks to it as being very influential on how the rest of the primaries and caucuses will go. But that's not necessarily always the case. New Hampshire has not always correctly predicted who the presidential nominees are going to be. Furthermore, the demographics in states like Iowa and New Hampshire are not at all reflective of the demographics of the rest of the country. So you may have somebody who kills with all the white people in those states and then come South Carolina, come Super Tuesday, doesn't go so well for them. Why? Okay, this is my question, though. Um, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right now, they are calling the the winners. With only 7 to 10% of reporting votes in, how the hell are they are they able to, to call, call this with such a low percentage in? It's exit polls, right? Exit polls, yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they look and- at the demographics and they can tell... Yeah. They can predict who's going to win over a particular demographic. Yeah. And it's been clear that Bernie was going to win this over Hillary for a couple of weeks now. I mean, he's been ahead of her by double digits. Yeah. Like he already it's has. not surprising. And it's he's... a neighboring state from where he's from. So it's just not that surprising. I'm really happy for his campaign. I think it's, you? You know, it's good for I no, I truly am, because I think that he's run a good campaign. We have created a political revolution. <laughs> <laughs> that is so eerily on point. Oh, my God. Mm. Did Tomorrow, you guys watch uh, SNL with Bernie Sanders on it? Yeah, it was OK. Mm-hmm. They should have written something better, I thought. I, I think or, I mean, I think it was better than the Hillary Clinton skit. To so, Laura's point i the reason that that new hampshire and and iowa for that matter are so hyped up of course is it's a self-fulfilling prophecy we think that they're important and therefore they are but that doesn't have to be the case the reason that they have so much influence is because there's a not only because they're the first primaries but because there's such a large gap in time between these primaries and Super Tuesday and you know the rest of the country. And so who wins these states? They're the ones who get the headlines. They get the media attention. They win the news cycle. And so it's their name and it's their message. It's plastered everywhere until the next primary, which is a ways away, until Super Tuesday. So that's why they're so influential. It's because of the way that, that, that the press covers them. It's because they get wall-to-wall coverage for weeks, you know, weeks upon weeks until until the next one. And it's only because of that that they're influential. It's because we want to tune into that and we're like, oh, you know, so it's a very self-fulfilling prophecy. And therefore, I think it doesn't really reflect as much about um, as much about the campaigns 
uh, as or it does us. about how important like not i'm not trying to diss people from either of those states but i mean really like in terms of how important they are politically i mean do you ever hear about either of these places more than once every four years <laughs> So is maybe part of it that the states like it from a tourism perspective? Like if their state is in the media more, they're getting more exposure where where they wouldn't otherwise. And maybe people, you know, Anderson's doing a live stand-up shot in New Hampshire in front of like a cafe or a main street. People are like, ah, looks pretty nice there. Maybe I should go visit sometime. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a power trip. Yeah, I think it's that's it. I think it's a power. And you know what? To be fair, it's somewhat understandable, particularly in New Hampshire's case, because when the general election comes around, they're irrelevant. They have their the number of delegates that their their place in the electoral college is is so freaking small compared to to other states that they're kind of a give me and they're not paid all that much attention. So this is their opportunity. This is like their one and only chance to be influential in the national in national politics and so you know they grab it yeah i i i don't i i still get wrapped up in it i i don't want to but but cnn tricks me into caring well yeah, see well. that's the thing though is for the sake of ratings they will try to hype it up and make it sound like a much bigger deal than it actually is yeah because they want you to feel sucked in by it. They want you to be immersed in John King's magic wall. Oh, I love the magic wall, though. <laughs> so so which one should we start caring about? So, Super Tuesday? Super Tuesday, Tuesday is huge. It'll be a okay. big deal. Okay. Yeah, for sure. You know, and it's on Tuesday. Well, which Tuesday? <laughs> it's March 1st, I believe, it's this year. It's on the Super Tuesday. Oh, shit. That's coming up, guys. The super one. I, I, I guarantee know. you. I guarantee you that... If you watch the losing campaigns over the next few weeks, so in this case, Clinton and everyone who's not Trump, if you watch the losing campaigns, they're going to try and talk about anything other than New Hampshire, which is just proving my earlier point that the reason it's influential is because the winners get the news cycle. And so they're going to come out with something, whether it's a fucking five point plan or whether it's some baseless accusation against their opponent they're gonna try and stir shit up in a big way the next couple of weeks to try and win back the news cycle from the people who just won it in new hampshire i guarantee well you. and i think hillary's already started doing that some people noticed that she was a little bit more aggressive with him during the last debate and yeah. i said that's because she knows she's gonna lose new hampshire so she's just getting a she's getting a leg up yeah. on trying to win back the news cycle she she was saying stuff about how she was basically she was strongly implying that bernie's plans aren't possible and this is actually something that i've i've felt too he talks these big games about to, uh you know uh lowering loans and and uh cheaper tuition or free tuition and it's just like do people really believe he's going to be able to pull this off because you're going to have to have a, a lot of other changes in this country as well many different so, hmm, i would say that's that's in. that's a that's a much larger discussion that we can certainly have at some point i yeah. definitely have thoughts um yeah. and i'm sure a lot of you know what they are and probably 75 percent of you at home want to kill me right now <laughs> but 
Um, yeah, I would love to talk about that. Laura, you <laughs> know what? <laughs> you're not going to be, you're, you're not going to be part of this revolution, Laura. All right. No, yeah. I'm, yeah. Part, of the, I'm part of the establishment. I know you are. I'm a one percenter. You are a one percenter. You are the problem. I keep privilege. But, you know, with that said, and this is the final point I wanted to make on it, is that it, it doesn't sound good for Hillary to be like, to, to just be like the glass half full candidate. Like, you know, these things, these beautiful pictures that Bernie's painting aren't possible. So I'll give you half of that. Like, that isn't attractive to voters. And she's going to have to figure out how to sound as good as as he sounds well i don't really i will say i don't think that's how she's presenting it i think in regards specifically to health care the point that she's been bringing up is i would rather work on the existing system that we have to make it better and to get it closer to what we all want rather than dismantling it in favor of this really big great idea that sure we might all like but let's be honest with ourselves. How easy is it going to be to do that, especially with a Republican-controlled Congress? Yeah. If I so, were, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think that's definitely my my biggest concern is with all of all of the the plans and ideas that Bernie does have. If if you think that you know a lot of the things that Obama promised um, didn't happen, like it's going to be ten times worse with Bernie Sanders as a president with the same Congress. I just want to prepare you guys for the fact that our Facebook group is going to be burning uh, when this episode comes out. B E R N I N G. It's going to be burning when this comes out because um, no, I, I would mean, say I... the vast majority of our listeners are Bernie supporters. So that's, fine. Okay. that's great. That's absolutely fine. And and I'm not. I'm Big not. A deal. Hillary, I'm both a Hillary and Bernie supporter. I just. I'm very realistic that yeah, the things that suck. I want. The, the things that I want won't necessarily, you know, go over well with the people who help make the decision. Matt, the election is right around the corner in November. You have to choose now. <laughs> Let's talk about no. something we can all agree on, which is that Twitter should not be like Facebook. Twitter oh. cannot have a revolution. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, Twitter kind of lost its mind last week when this report came out from BuzzFeed News that Twitter was preparing to launch a new news feed this week, which would no longer display your tweets that you're reading in your timeline in reverse chronological order. <clears throat> so in other words, right now you go on Twitter and you see the tweets in the order the reverse order of when they were posted. And that's what Twitter has always been. And this is why it's grown to the point that it's been at. You can live tweet. You can get the latest news. You can have real-time discussions. This is why people love Twitter. But over the past year, Twitter decided to um, file for an IPO. They're now on the stock market. Um, and they have investors. And they have to grow their stock price. And their stock is just doing awful they brought back their old CEO, who's trying desperately to grow the company because growth has flatlined to Twitter. Um, and I get why. Twitter's good for people, but it's also hard for a mass audience because because some people know that they can't keep up with Twitter. They can't scroll through every single damn tweet that's been posted. So they so Twitter, for example, introduced a feature where it'll show you tweets, the best tweets while you're away. And that kind of works like Facebook's newsfeed. So anyway, now there's these reports about uh, Twitter basically doing a feed that would be like the Facebook news feed. And by that, I mean Facebook decides what 
post to throw in your face. They could be a day old. They could be a minute old. They could be six hours old. It's not reverse chronological order like Twitter is. Anyway, everybody got pissed off. Twitter CEO came out and said, hey, guys, don't, don't worry. They're, they're denying these reports. But it seems like something they, – they are they are going to be introducing something like this, but it's not going to be for everybody. It's just going to be opt-in. So you can have the choice to turn it on if you want. But but nobody wants this, right? Uh, no, I don't want but that But a lot shit. of people don't like change either. Like I think a lot of – most of the people that are complaining don't even give a shit about Twitter. They just don't want – they just want the option of it staying the way it was whenever they actually need it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like this is one of those cases where they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot because there are very few things that make Twitter stand out amongst the plethora of social media options that are out there. And this is one of them. Of course, the other one is the number of characters. Everything needs to be condensed and concise. But then there's this. There's the reverse timeline, and that's what makes it stand out from Facebook. I, I don't understand why they would, why they would just destroy their own brand this way. Yeah, yeah, it's no, what they're known either. for. Well, and what really pisses me off is, you know, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, you might notice that I live tweet political debates all the time, and you're gonna kind of fuck me up if you don't. Keep it the way it is, right? If you, How, don't, if you don't limit point. her, that's a good point. How does live tweeting work if you don't get them in reverse chronological order? Yeah, no, it 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 doesn't. And I think Twitter, you know, rip Twitter. The hashtag was trending <laughs> for I think through the weekend because this came out on a Friday night. It just shows you how against this everybody is. I love Twitter. I'm a huge fan of Twitter because of how it exists now. Real time news. I have. Uh, back in the day, I used to have AOL Instant Messenger on the left side of my screen, and it was always there. It was always in view. Now it's Twitter because that's where I have my real-time conversations. Uh, it's where I get my news. It's I feel like I do everything on Twitter. I just love it, um, and I never miss a tweet. <laughs> I'm really sad. So, so You want to know why this makes me sad is so on Facebook, I'm like this really nice version of myself. Just because I have professional contacts and family members on Facebook, Twitter is the place, it's my outlet to be like the true asshole that I am oh. on the internet, and I just don't want them to fuck with it. <laughs> yeah. it's So again, it seems like it's going to be opt-in, I but I have a feeling that this is not going to be opt-in forever. I think they're going to no. want to transition to this because they'll like be able to- Like what Facebook did, right? They'll be able to make money. They'll be able to charge people to have their posts- displayed at the top of the feed you know brands and other advertisers and publishers uh just like right now on facebook brands have been fucked and publishers over the past couple of years facebook is prioritizing those sponsored posts and other things that they think are relevant so if as a publisher if you want to get your shit noticed you either gotta luck out and get viral go viral or um pay for your posts to be thrown in people's faces for well, example and this the the hypable Facebook page has eighty eight thousand likes. On average, about four to five thousand people actually see the posts. That's that's nothing compared to how that's many people ridiculous. actually like the page. Yeah. Wow, and I was gonna say too, this is something that Reddit has been doing 
Oh, over the really? last couple of years, yeah. Like if you if you read Reddit, there's sponsored posts at the top of almost every mm. fucking page. Yeah, and it's so goddamn annoying. I mean, of course, it doesn't prevent me from seeing the other posts that I want to see. You know, in that regard, it's different from Twitter because it's more like a forum. But I just, I, you know, when I go to these places, I'm going to interact with people. I'm not going to be advertised to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and by the way, I have a tip about that. So. Twitter, if you go to Twitter.com right now, if that's your way of looking at your feed, it's really, it's a mess to me. Um, there's just ads all over the place and, and video and photo are full size and all this other promotional shit. I really recommend this app called Tweetbot. <clears throat> yes, I love Tweetbot. And the best, the two great features. First of all, no ads in your feed. So just a nice clean feed. You can disable photos from appearing if you want, or you can make them s- small automatically. Um, which is really nice, so it's easier to 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 get through, and also um, it keeps your timeline in sync, no matter what device you're on. So if I'm on my computer and I leave my computer at a certain tweet, if I look at Tweetbot on my phone, it'll be at that exact same position. So in other words, so that's like <laughs> part of the way I never miss a frequent tweet because I always stop at the same place, no matter where what device i'm using so highly recommend tweetbot it's like five bucks i think for mobile and similar price for the desktop so anything else to say about twitter r.i.p twitter be careful guys all right yeah back to some (laughs) political news we found this out just before starting to record um in a major setback for obama's climate change agenda the supreme court temporarily blocked the administration's effort to combat global warming by regulating emissions from coal-powered fire plant coal-fired power plants um one of the issues is that they are doing this now and it suggests that there's skepticism uh in the court about climate change because if they don't give a shit about this what else are they not going to give a shit about regarding Mm. climate change it's hard for me to understand their thinking here. I don't get it. I mean, what the fuck? So the issue is that the Supreme Court isn't sure that the Environmental Protection Agency has the authority to reduce carbon emissions this way or even at all. But it's very clear that they do under the Clean Air Act. That's just I, I don't know. I just felt like that was always decided law to me. I'm really surprised by this. Um, the plan, by the way, it, it wants to reduce carbon pollution from power plants by 32% by the year 2030. So it's ambitious, but it's definitely, it's definitely not unrealistic. And I think they have the authority. I don't know what the fuck they're thinking, honestly. And this is really weird because it is incredibly rare for the Supreme Court to issue a stay like this. I mean, this does not happen often i mean you know a few times a generation literally that's it so i don't know who got i'm kind of wondering who the fuck got to them you know yeah well what was their what was their the reason behind it the well, establishment the, got to them <laughs> it was the establishment <laughs> no it was i well here's a here's the thing is that this that this case is currently with a lower court it's not even in the supreme court's hands right now They've just issued the stay for it. So they're actually interfering with a lower court's uh, decision, which they can do, but they haven't really given a reason outside of questioning the 
the legality of the EPA regulating air pollution this way. Although if the Clean Air Act doesn't do that, I don't know what else it does. I really don't. It's like saying, I mean, think about it. It's like having, a, it's having, it's like having legislation that's like, you know, it's called, I don't know, fucking don't, don't fuck cows day or like, <laughs> like BC, BC is wrong day or like legislation. It's like, you know, don't set fire to schoolhouse. Like it's like legislation that's that clearly named and that clearly regarded. And then having, you know, the D department of justice try to prosecute someone who did that and saying, I don't know. I don't know if that's relevant. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Well, maybe this, this is just another reminder, right, that it's very important who the next president is because they are going to select potentially three justices. Up to four, I think. Up to four? Yeah. Uh, all right. You know, my asshole, like, tightens up a little bit every time I remember that. It's terrifying. These are the stakes, people. Right here. Th so these are the stakes. <laughs> Climate change and cows and schoolhouses. <laughs> These are the stakes because we can't pass very clear legislation without having these fucking asshats come in and say, mm, I don't know about this. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe they don't, they can't do it. I don't know. It, it's beyond me. <laughs> are you okay? I, I, I don't, I don't think she is. Have I brought up on this show before how I think people who vote for Trump are mentally challenged? Have I said this uh, on the show? I think, no. I think you, I, I think, think you, you have. Did. And I, I I I think that that is insulting to a lot of people. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, but but I, I said it because I think that um, I think it's really worrying that people actually hear what he says and the way he delivers it, which is to say he really doesn't say anything at all. And they actually believe him. Like, if you pay attention to what he's saying, he's actually saying nothing. So anyway, I said this to uh, one of my friends <laughs> the other day. <laughs> I said that uh, I said I think people who vote for or support Trump are mentally challenged. <laughs> and he said, "My parents are supporting Trump. Are you saying they're mentally challenged?" <laughs> I was. What like, did you say? Well, I, I <laughs> don't, the, the, don't tell me you backpedaled. <laughs> no, I didn't backpedal. He, he luckily kept talking, so I didn't address it any further. But I feel like things are going to be awkward for us. <laughs> Probably forward. like it's an insult to mentally challenge. Or yes, mentally. I agree. You know what's interesting? Yeah, I, I think you should refrain from saying stuff like that. I just mean that you, you, you have a, you have a low IQ. You're no. not thinking. No, I, I think the thing is, as Elisa brought this up either the last episode or a couple episodes ago, he just he presents really easy, digestible information because he's talking at a second grade level. Yeah. And I was actually talking to one of my friends yesterday and she was like, yeah, my dad's a Trump supporter. And I told her that I was like, you know, when he gives his speeches, he's speaking at a second grade level. And she was like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense because my dad doesn't speak English. <laughs> Oh. So, I mean, that's the kind of shit you run into. It's like he's he's saying things that make people who don't even speak the language go, yeah, ideas good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. let, me, let me actually this is funny. So 
uh, I wanted to tell you guys this earlier. My grandmother, who's Korean and also speaks very broken English, it's funny to me because she and my grandfather, uh, up until recently when I started to really get on their ass about it, they would use racial slurs pretty casually. And, uh, you know, we've gotten into many arguments about it. They didn't understand how offensive it was. They grew up in a generation where that's just what you called people. So... They luckily they don't do that anymore. But keep in mind, these people use racial slurs on the regular. And I was visiting them this weekend, and my grandma turns to me and goes, "I don't like this Trump. He's racist." <laughs> oh, she, my grandmother, who used to use the N word on the regular, is like, "Trump's too racist for me." <laughs> actually said that and she's like she's like i don't think ted cruz is any better i want everybody to understand this is an immigrant who speaks very broken english who has her own issues with racism and even she cannot digest that shit well, i'm there you go. super super proud of her oh oh i love your grandma all right i think it's time to move on yes so we're going to do Hidden from the Headlines today, and for today's edition, we wanted to address something that actually happened last year, um, but we especially wanted to address it because it's pertinent to a lot of discussions we have about the media, and in particular, media in the United States. So Reporters Without Borders, which is a nonprofit, non-governmental organization, which actually has consultant status at the United Nations, has downgraded the U.S. to number 49 of the world's 180 countries on its World Press Freedom Index, which measures how free the media is around the world. Now, number 49 might not sound so bad to some of you at home, but the real story is how we got to number 49, because since President Obama entered office in 2009, we've fallen 29 spots further down the list than where we were when he entered office. To put things in perspective... The top 20 countries include Finland, Norway, Denmark, Canada, Jamaica, my beloved Costa Rica, and Namibia. Countries which fall within the range around our ranking include El Salvador, Niger, Comoros, and Taiwan. Now, I think it's kind of obvious why this story hasn't gotten as much attention as it deserves here in the U.S. at least, but I wonder if this even comes as a surprise to anyone. I mean, what are they? I want to know how they're measuring this, and um, you know, how do they aggregate the criteria? Mm-hmm. Well, I know the press. I I know that they look at violence and mistreatment of of journalists. So some of the things that they've cited were, for instance, the Ferguson protests, where at least fifteen reporters were arrested. Um, they've looked at judicial pressure on journalists to reveal their sources. The reason for that is because the Uni- United States actually doesn't have a shield law at the federal level to protect journalists from being coerced or forced into revealing their sources. So like some states have shield laws to prevent that. But if you're being brought up on federal charges, there's nothing there to pr- protect you. So these are the kinds of things they're looking at. They're looking at journalists being injured, killed, um, being pressured by the government to reveal their sources, looking at them being arrested, just basically anything that could be done to prevent them from doing their job and telling the truth that actually Uh, results in harm of the journalists. Interesting. Yeah. I like, I I think it's, 
I think we tend to sort of accept this narrative that American media just sort of sucks because it's kind of easy to explain away Fox and CNN that way. But the way that Reporters Without Borders is looking at it is very different than the way that we look at the media, I think, which is why I wanted to talk about it today. Um, another reason why, and this is actually something the organization has cited as being their big reason why the U.S. has been downgraded so much in the last seven years, is that eight whistleblowers have been prosecuted under the Espionage Act during the Obama administration. And just in case you were wondering, the U.S. government has only used the Espionage Act to prosecute people 12 times, like in our entire history, and eight of those times have happened under the Obama administration. Mm. Yeah, the past eight years, just to say in general, too. Well, right. Th this brings up a discussion on whistleblowing in general. I mean, mm -hmm. what are our stances on it? Do, do, do we think that these people should be prosecuted? Uh, I think it depends on the type of information that it is. Yeah, I have such, I do really have mixed feelings about it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, obviously, I think the the obvious target for discussion here is Edward Snowden. I mean, yeah. he's probably the most well-known whistleblower at this point. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any thoughts about him in general? Do you feel like he's um, getting... Um, uh, I, I do have I, thoughts I, of, I do have thoughts about... I don't whistleblowers definitely very mixed feelings because again it does depend on the content of what they're revealing but in, in the context of, of this story journalists I have very clear feelings about that they should never be prosecuted or forced to reveal their sources because I agree. their commitment is not the same so let's take Edward Snowden Edward Snowden made a commitment not to tell you know, not to give away intelligence, not to tell the stories that he told. Am I glad that he did? Again, mixed feelings for the most part I am. But I can at least appreciate that he violated the law and did so knowingly because he had a commitment to the intelligence community. He understood what he was getting himself into and he shouldn't have signed on the dotted line. You can make that argument if he was uncomfortable with something or wanted out or whatever. A journalist is not beholden to that standard. A journalist's only commitment is to the truth and to us. That's it. So if they don't print the story, I think that is negligence. I think that mm -hmm. is not doing your job. I think I think was George Orwell said um, journalism is saying something that someone else doesn't want printed. Everything else is gossip. And I think it's true. I think Unless you're pissing someone off, it's probably not a worthwhile story. And I think that journalists have this job to do and they're not beholden to that standard. They should be able to print whatever the fuck they want. Mm -hmm. I agree. And do you think, I mean, is this a case of an administration out of control or are there other factors that we think might be affecting why the Obama administration seems to be so much harder on whistleblowers than previous administrations. Do we just have more of them now? Do we have more reasons for them to be whistleblowing now? I think uh, one reason may be, must be because we're in an evolving media landscape where now it's so easy to publish all this information, you know, in the case yeah. of Edward Snowden mm -hmm. on the internet instantly. Yeah. And I mean, bear in mind, the case with Edward Snowden was, if if I recall correctly, he had a shitload of documents and he didn't even read them all. He handed them over to a bunch of journalists, which yes. 
which is a big part of the reason why I have such mixed feelings about what he did, because, I mean, there was information that was really sensitive about how we were battling terror groups in the Middle East that got published because some jackass at the New York Times didn't know how to redact information. (laughs) It's I mean, it's it's such a double edged sword. And it's so difficult because on the one hand, I don't want to feel like my government is going to to go out of its way to prevent me from from getting information that I have a right to know. But at the same time, I do understand from that perspective that we can't know everything. Is it also so, that Obama and his administration are trying to make an example out of people? Because you don't want to uh, let this type of behavior fly because in this age, it is it can be easy to get this information or and or spread it online. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how I feel about that. But what I can tell you is that um, Reporters Without Borders actually came out and said, Quote, we consider that the Obama administration has launched a war against whistleblowers. Mm. So they think Mm. so. Yeah, this (sighs) is actually this this area in general is one of the the Mm -hmm. few that I have always ardently disagreed with Obama on. Um, So I'm not overly surprised to hear this, but I think we should I don't know. I think we should think seriously about. We should think seriously about what we're willing to. Well, I think the fact that the public has been, you know, fairly on the side of uh, Edward Snowden uh, and his whistleblowing story that I think that has actually fueled the the war against whistleblowers because they because now the administration is trying so much harder to prove that they should not be celebrated. But at the same time, a lot of people are completely unaware of who Edward Snowden even is. Like, there are people who mix Edward Snowden and Julian Assange up. Like, they think they're yeah. the same person. Mm-hmm. Who kind of look similar. <laughs> no, they don't. No. <laughs> um. <laughs> they don't. No, but I think it's it's such an interesting discussion because it's... I feel like it. there's such murky waters to navigate you know there's i don't feel like there's a good answer on either side of this i mean i certainly understand that there is a lot of sensitive information regarding our position in the world and our relationship with a lot of parts of the world that we probably can't and shouldn't be privy to because it would undermine our interests in those places on the other hand it does it feels like an overreach to me it feels like in their attempt to keep that information safe they're really overstepping the boundary and that's what makes me uncomfortable and i love obama you guys know that i love obama but this i mean just reading and researching for this today i was like why barack why god plays like that why god be like that do you think hillary will will continue this trend Hillary is right now running on the promise of kind of being a continuation of Obama. And and politically, she's pretty much the same. Yeah. 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 And also, let's remember, Obama ran on an agenda of transparency. Also, yeah, he he was the candidate, the poster boy 
for transparent government. That was a huge, I mean, after like hope and change, it was transparency. That was a priority it was given. And I, you know, I haven't seen that as much as I, I would like, particularly not with regard to the press. So if he ran on it and we still didn't get it, I can't imagine that Clinton or whoever else is going to be any better. No. I think, yeah. Mm hmm. I mean, let's not forget the fact that one of his campaign promises was, was that he was going to get rid of the Patriot Act. And then as soon as he got into office, I don't know what he found out. I don't know what they told him. I don't know what happened. But here we are almost eight years later and we still have the Patriot Act. Yeah. So I, there's just there are so many moving parts with the story to consider. But I just thought it was something that we should definitely share with our listeners, because I think, you know, we're a pretty liberal show and I think sometimes there's a tendency to assume that all of the bad shit happens on the right. And that's just not the case. Yeah. And I think this is a perfect case study of the fact that we have a lot of liberals in this country who are really overstepping their bounds in regards to how we treat wh whistleblowers, how we regard privacy. And I think this will generate a lot of really interesting discussion yeah. And honestly, this is one of the things where you know, Republicans before, you know, the, the Tea Party um, drove them batshit insane. They this is what they meant by small government. It wasn't mm -hmm. always just, you know, trying to try trying to shame uh, people on welfare and trying to like cut spending from education. It, it used to not be about that. Republicanism used to be small government insofar as your civil liberties were concerned. This is what it used to stand for. And this is why I think it's so critical that we have a sane, balanced Republican Party come back from the fucking fringe because we need a party that stands up to shit like this. And Democrats, as much as I side with them on on more things than not, they do not do fucking well with this shit at all. No. I agree. At the end of the year, or maybe in early January, we should do a whole thing on all the times Obama screwed up. Two syllables. Get Mo. Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> Am I right? Get Mo? Well, he's he's encountered some difficulty with that though. That's oh. I don't think that's entirely his fault. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. yeah Obama's perfect. We well, no, Obama. I don't I don't think he's perfect. I think that you just have to consider <laughs> the fact that he's been working with a bunch of obstructionists for the last almost decade. But no, like for this case, I'm perfectly willing to hold him accountable. He he and his administration accountable for this because it's pretty ridiculous. Oh god, what a horrible president. How would you feel? <laughs> Do you name your vibrator Obama? Is, would you go that far for the president? Yeah, I would, but it doesn't get very far in me. <laughs> okay, so well. let's move on now to our newlywed game. As we said at the beginning of the show, we are we are <laughs> we are introducing, bringing on. Our other halves for the first time ever. How this came together was Elisa came up and Matt with six questions that we would pose to our other halves. And we would pick four of them for them to answer. Now, Elisa, Matt, and I have not heard our other halves' answers. Why are you saying other halves? I am full on. I am a full <laughs> fucking person. Well, the, the, Our okay, significant well, other. You know what I'm saying. So 
so we're going to start with Elisa. Elisa, you haven't heard the answers from your boyfriend, Julian. First of all, won't you tell us? Eh, never mind. Do we care? Do we want to? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean do we care i care how long have you been with julian you know what's he like uh two we've been together two and a half years okay. um oh mazel tov. <laughs> thank you yes he's he's jewish um he's <laughs> a lobbyist and he's a big teddy bear he's like one of those very very like gentle souls so we have a few questions here that julian answered i listened to these earlier they're very funny Oh, God, <laughs> I can't I'm, wait for your reactions. I'm wait, so wait, are we so are we supposed to, so are we supposed to answer the question first? Yeah. So play? here's okay. how. Let me get to it. So so let's just be real because I'm the only person on this panel who is still allowed to have sex with whoever I want. I get to host this segment. Not true. I mean, yeah. we're still allowed to have sex with whoever we want. And we just can't ask for anything. Well, you just, have, you just have to lie about it. I don't. So <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, you lie have. about it too. Yeah, trust me. Um, So, Elisa, we asked Julian, as Andrew said, (laughs) if Elisa were a Harry Potter character, which one would she be and why? So what's Uh, your answer? So I'm saying, what do I think Julian said, right? Yes. I I think uh, I really don't know. I've been thinking about this. I have no clue who he would compare me to. I'm going to go with. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with McGonagall. <laughs> and why? <laughs> because, because, okay. <laughs> he tells me he's told me before. I mean, jokingly, but like he's he's joked around before that he's scared of me. That sometimes I get very angry, <laughs> and I go off on these like rants or whatever, and that it's like intimidating or whatever. Um, and I just, I don't know. McGonagall scares me. So, (laughs) all right, well, let's roll tape and see what he said. I'm tempted to go with Radiant Muriel just to annoy her, but I'll have to stick with Sirius Black. General badass, likes to wear leather and metal. Basically, Elisa in male form. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good answer. I was surprised you didn't guess that because you're like obsessed with Sirius Black. Yeah, I didn't think... I, I thought that he was, I, I guess I assumed that he was going to go for, like, the funny joking answer and not the serious one. Yeah. Pun intended. <laughs> Wait, what where, where did he say at the beginning, though? Uh, M- Muriel? To... Miriam? I'm yeah. tempted to go with Great Aunt Muriel just to annoy. Great Aunt Muriel. That's, that's <laughs> two like characters. Nobody knows. <laughs> Is it Aunt Marge or Muriel? Myrtle? I don't know. All right. Well, he wins brownie points for that answer. All right. Uh, The next question we asked was, Elisa has died and gone to heaven. Describe what you think her version of heaven would be. Lots of puppies, dogs, animals in general, preferably on like tropical paradise setting and just me and like a hundred puppies on the beach. All right. For all time. Julian? I think Elisa's version of heaven would be hanging out with Jimmy Page and Led Zeppelin at the Royal Albert. <laughs> I'm upset on that one. <laughs> it's actually right. a good answer. I think, I think he was. Answer. I think I agree with his answer more than yours. Uh, same, same. <laughs> yeah, you don't even know Albert yourself. All. I like how he got very specific yeah. there. The Albert all. <laughs> I I, all I right. like how I'm gonna like fucking just croak one day and wake up in the Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> 
All right, next one. What's something strange or unique about Elisa that took you a while to learn? Oh, I, I regret this game. Uh, <laughs> it is hard. Uh, oh. The only okay, the only thing that comes to mind is I have something that he has deemed a cuddle pile. So, like when I fall asleep at night, I have to be hugging something. So I usually take a pillow and like. I, I like snuggle it, and that's the only way I can fall asleep is if I have something in my arms. I don't know. Definitely her obsession with the Lord of the Rings. It's probably <laughs> blasphemy for the hosts and listeners, but I am not a big Lord of the Rings fan. Blasphemy. Except for I... Gollum. I love that little guy. <laughs> um, I, I get it, Lisa. He's going in the things I know about you as well. It's a... Yeah. I just so, want to say, Elisa, you you have not only made fun of Bernie Sanders this episode, but now everybody knows that your boyfriend doesn't like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Man. You're going to yeah, be I ostracized. That is far worse than anything embarrassing he could have said about me, because <laughs> now everyone knows that I'm dating someone who doesn't like Lord of the Rings, and that's really is, that's bad. That is bad. I didn't know uh, that about right. you. Can I tell you, we've gotten to serious fucking fights about it. I've actually I bet really pissed off. All right. And the last question, what body or physical characteristic mm, is Elisa most attracted to on you? Your dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> it could go either way okay so it's definitely it's definitely probably his this is really personal guys <laughs> it's probably his chest i'm like he has a nice like he just has a nice chest it's very masculine um but i also he has also really nice hands i'd have oh, to say sweet. my hands definitely <laughs> that or smells but i'm not sure if that counts She'd do anything to bottle up my spell, even if it meant flaying me alive. Kind of scary. No. Oh, my. No. It's so true. No, the smell is so true. Oh, my God. I'm going to tell this story now. So when Elisa was visiting me in New York in, like, February, I think, to see The Daily Show, she brought a pillow that smelled like Julian with her. Bitch. Wow. (laughs) So true. You got me, it. me, me, and her brother were making so much fun of her the entire time. Uh, we got one right though, Elisa. That's good. Yeah, yeah no, no has... we, we 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 can cut out my little admission about you if you don't want it. No, on the I don't show. care. It's fine. <laughs> he has fucking fantastic masculine hands, and he does smell nice. Oh wow! So is it is it his natural smell or is it like cologne he uses? No, it's his natural. He doesn't even wear cologne. It's just the way he smells. Oh, I'm so jealous. I don't smell like anything. Yeah, yes, you do. Everyone does. Hmm. Laura, come over here tomorrow. Tell me what I'll I smell. And, like. and smell you? Yeah. Didn't you say that your balls smelled like popcorn? I don't know if I want to no. smell you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, yes. That's my best smell on me. <laughs> mm. Well, Andrew, it's actually your turn. Oh, so great. we're going to move over to you. We asked Mike a few questions. Some of them are the same as Elisa's. Some of them are a little different. So the first one is, if Andrew were a Harry Potter character, which one would he be and why? I'm going to preface this by saying I think I'm going to do as well as Elisa did. <laughs> Maybe get <laughs> one right. I'm going to get them all wrong. So um, I think I think 
I'm going to say Harry Potter because he probably thinks I'm going to answer like, oh, he thinks he's so brave or something like that. <laughs> Andrew would be Harry Potter oh, fuck because yeah. the world of Harry Potter, as we know, it wouldn't be the same without the main character. What he's saying is, I fucking carry this show. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I think we should invite Mike to our Google Drive so he can see what the show planning looks like. Oh my god, I love- <laughs> fucking love this answer though <laughs> fucking love you guys all right oh well i got God. the first one right i'm doing well so far <laughs> all right next one andrew has died and gone to heaven describe what you think his version of heaven would be it's definitely going to involve bruce springsteen and maybe like cheeseburgers or uh or, or the coors light summer the the drink of the summer his version of heaven would be la without traffic Cal- er, beer and burgers without <laughs> calories oh. and Bruce Springsteen playing everywhere he goes oh shit wow he's doing wow. really well Yeah, I'm actually really surprised I got that right because I was just thinking like in and out because I'm obsessed with in and out amazing alright well let's see if you can do three for three um, Andrew is very good at blank but I wish he would blank more often Sucking dick, but bottom more often. No, um, hmm. no, no, no. Stick with it. Oh, really? Okay, sure. I mean, I was kidding, but all right. <laughs> so true. Andrew is very good at finding a deal and being a good <laughs> puppy dad, but I wish that he would make the bed more often. See, he was in his office when he recorded these, so he didn't want to, you know, give the true answers, which was sucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> all right and the last one what's something strange or unique about andrew that took you a while to learn i I like need things to go in certain places i'm very anal 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 retentive very anal retentive you would i took me a while to learn that at night he can be moody but it's not something that i did it's just something (laughs) about being up late yeah that's true that's true i i hate everything at night i don't want to talk to anybody i i i just want to mope no reason either all right well i got two out of four i guess yeah you you did all right okay all right cool all right and matt it's your turn we talked we talked to tim and we got some answers Uh, out of him are you ready no let's go all right all right First one, what body part or physical characteristic is Matt most attracted to on you? <sighs> um, no, no, wait, sorry. It's the other way around. What what body part is he is Tim most attracted to on Matt? No, that's not that's what not it, uh, no, that's not how Julian answered it. Oh uh, well I listened to the answer and it's it's the other way around. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, there uh, we go. Well, okay, then I'm gonna say it's the same. I'm just gonna say it's Everything. It's um, it's 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 my butt and it's his butt. We both like each other's butts. <laughs> we think they're very, they're very, they're they're shaped very well. And I am an ass man, so <laughs> no, I know. It's, you guys didn't know this about me. I feel so open and naked. All right, All right here it is. All right, what physical characteristic is most attractive on Matt? Um, I know I should probably say his eyes. They are beautiful. He has one blue one and one green one, but 
Jesus. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to say his ass. He had yeah. a great ass, and I'm not going to explain that any further. No, I will definitely explain it. My ass is nice. I know. We've all we've all seen it, sweetie. Hmm. Yeah, naked. In the nude. In my face. Bounce a quarter it. All right. The next question is, what's something strange or unique about Matt that took you a while to learn? That I oh okay this is a weird thing about me is that I can pretty much recite word for word most movies I've seen because I've seen them so many times and that I will uh, unintentionally just start saying the lines right before some, the character actually says it which can be really really fucking annoying so I know that I've that I've gotten into fights about it so I want to say that because doesn't everyone need someone like that. All right. Something unique about Matt that I learned was that he has restless leg syndrome, um, which means that his legs just kind of can't stop moving. <laughs> and uh, it means he's very active, but it also means that like in his sleep, he'll kick and move a lot. So that was something I had to learn and get used to. Fortunately, I'm a deep sleeper, so it's not really a problem. But like... His legs can't ever stop moving. It's so true. I noticed that when yeah. we were on the road trip. Yeah, I can't sleep on my back. If I lock my legs, they start to hurt. All right. Penultimate question. Matt has died and gone to heaven. Describe what you think his vision of heaven would be. I'm going to say, oh, like I use Amazon a lot and he gives me a lot of shit for it. So I'm just going to say heaven's going to be like the Amazon warehouse. Or, right. or Goodwill, because there's a bunch of shit all over the place. No, no, I'll say I'll say Amazon. Matt's rendition of heaven, I would think, would probably look like a really big kitchen <laughs> that has multiple ovens for him to bake all of his good treats in and simultaneously gets Amazon deals of the day <laughs> delivered to it every day for free. So... I cannot. It's just full of a whole bunch of shit that no one really needs. I see, <laughs> fuck you. I cannot fucking believe he got Amazon. <laughs> it's I just, no, but it's it's like so an ongoing thing. Well, think I, about it, like Amazon delivery showing up every day. You know, yeah, the, the two days, great deal. And I'm always on my computer. I'm like, fuck, this thing's really cheap. I'll just get it. And like, I it's gone to the point where I have to like beat him to the mailbox because so, i don't want him to see that another amazon box has arrived for me oh my god if you see a deal on a bagel slicer can you let me know yeah just get a knife no it's too difficult <laughs> all right last one all right all right if matt were a harry potter character which one would he be and why i'm gonna have okay because i feel like this is gonna be like the asshole answer and he and he knows that I'm very self conscious about looking nice, so I'm gonna say Cedric Diggory. <laughs> I'm not um, as familiar yeah. with the Harry Potter characters as everyone else is, so with my knowledge, I would have to say Matt is probably a really good combination of Cedric Diggory, <laughs> Dobby the House Elf, and Moaning Myrtle. What? Oh, why, oh, why Moaning Myrtle? Myrtle. Gauntlet throne. Do you moan a lot, Matt? <laughs> yes. Well, but not in the bathroom. Can you give us a sample? <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a whale. 
<laughs> I'm like Dory in Finding Nemo. Wow. Well, what did we learn here? Um, our our better halves know know some things about us, but not much else. Man, it also proves that we're the the funny ones in the relationships too. <laughs> I think even though we didn't guess everything that that they were gonna say, they still got everything right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, just because just because I said puppies and he said Led Zeppelin doesn't mean he's wrong. <laughs> No, right. it just means you're wrong. Exactly. I mean, but you agreed with him. I think that's what you're saying, right? Yeah, like, no, yeah, they were yeah. all poignant answers. And look, yeah. all right, let's be clear. The big takeaway from this game is that I am serious black. <laughs> <laughs> and you love Led Zeppelin. Never forget. All right. Well, that was that was fun. I was surprised that I, any of us could actually guess them because they're really open ended. That's why I thought we weren't going to. Yeah. You know. Okay, so moving on now, I just wanted to make a quick recommendation. The television season is heating up again. The Walking Dead returns this Sunday. Um, new shows, winter shows are airing right now, like Agent Carter. There's a new series on FX called American Crime Story, The People vs. O.J. Simpson. <clears throat> it is by Ryan Murphy and that whole team who did Glee, Scream Queens, American Horror Story, so now their new thing is American Crime Story, and it's an anthology, just like American Horror Story, and it's really good. As you can tell from the title, um, each season they're going to look at a different crime. This one is o the O.J. Simpson trial, and the cast is fantastic. The story is very compelling. Uh, we're only one episode in so far, and we were... The four of us were all young when the whole OJ thing was going on, so mm -hmm. I don't really remember much about it. So I it's... remember the whole Howard Stern thing. What was that? Do you guys oh, remember that? No. When um basically some I can't remember if it was a listener or if it was somebody from their show, but they called in and they had like Brian Williams, and they convinced him that they were actually like on the scene where they were cornering OJ. Oh, Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it was amazing. You so, guys should look it up. Uh, yeah, I will. So it's 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 it, it's really good. It's really interesting. But I can't help but wonder, like, well, how much truth is there to everything we're seeing in the show? Like, is this exactly what happened? It is based on a, a, a book that um, tells the true story. So there is that. But, you know, some things may be adjusted to make it a little more interesting for television. I don't know. If you watch this show, just from this pilot, I can tell that OJ is guilty as fuck. So I, I don't, I don't, I, that's why I wonder how many changes were made. Anyway, very good show. Check it out. Yeah, so, I, I liked it too. Oh, do you see it? Yeah, I did watch it. I, um, I think it's a really good combination of like just good quality actors doing um, mm -hmm. great jobs portraying their roles and just the campiness of Ryan Mur Murphy, but a nice balance. Like it's kind of ridiculous, but it's also really good. So I kind of like that balance that's going on. Cool. All right. Well, quick plug. Uh, I think let's plug our patron. We're getting very close to our next goal, uh, which will be our live movie commentary and a PSA. We sent out another round of T-shirts for those who have supported us at the $10 level. We actually still have a good number of T-shirts left. So if you sign up at the $10 level and you pledge for at least a few months, you will get one later this year. And by the way, like we've mentioned previously, a, a the ten dollar people will be getting a 
new physical gift each year. Did we say what the next $10 one is going to be? Yeah, we did announce it. It's going to be a poster. Okay. A quotes with all of our quotes. Yeah. Yeah. All of the fucking dick bag things we say. You can put that on your wall. Think of us fondly. Yeah, think of us fondly each time you gaze upon it. And it's going to be a really cool design. So it'll it'll be uh, fun to share that with everybody. And of course, one of our flagship benefits, After Dark. And speaking of After Dark, which is available to everybody at the five dollar level, and then once a month at the two dollar level. We are going to be discussing a couple AP choices, including the most bizarre dreams uh, that we've had while asleep, and just dreams in general. Sorry, I know these fucking sirens are going off by... Thank you! Thank you! <laughs> it's really hot here today, so I have to keep my window open. Right? Uh, they're they're coming for you. <laughs> I think that's what's happening. And we're also going to be talking about whether or not children in the U.S. should learn a second language in addition to English. I know Laura is going to have very strong yeah, opinions Yeah, um, spoiler alert, yes. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. You. <laughs> You're drunk. <laughs> See everybody next week for Season 2, Episode 6. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>